Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey B. MTG. What's up, bro? Not too much, brother. Just, you know, bashing, broing. You're just a normal Wednesday afternoon. Oh, that's perfect. That's that's exactly what I'm doing. Now, before we get into anything, if you are listening to this on some social media platform, you can also find every episode of the Bash Bros Podcast on Bean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Stitcher, bang, and Skechers. We still no, got that, no, right? We, 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 you cannot listen to podcasts on shoes. I found that out. The technology does not exist. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Brad, all right. Brad, I heard we have one hell of a special guest this week. We, we in fact, do. I can't Holy even believe shit. it. You know, you, know you, you, learn, you learn things, right? And, and, and sometimes... You don't just shoot for the stars and you throw out those those emails and you think you're going to get rejected. But sometimes you don't. And that's yeah. exactly what happened this week. So we've got an amazing special guest for you this week. He starred in Deadpool, the hitman's bodyguard, oh, a secret between friends, a moment of truth movie. Oh, it, yeah, it is right. It is none other than Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, how's it going? You know, it is going well. And I got to say, really blessed and honored to be a part of the bash bros podcast yeah Thank I, you. I, so so i couldn't even believe that you answered the email when we sent it but i have to ask you your your voice does sound a little off do you have a cold uh yes i have a cold noscopy uh i have a cold <laughs> <laughs> right now um yeah, huh. been suffering from it for a while now. But you're in, you're in such good shape. I would I would assume you know your body rejects all kind of viruses and stuff like that. I mean, you're just you're you're built like a brick shit house. So I figured you'd be okay. <laughs> My body rejects a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Corey B MTG is that your name? Can you mind if I call you Corey B? MTG. Yeah, just Corey, okay. just Corey B underscore MTG <laughs> is my full name, but Corey okay. B will do, I suppose. Yeah, cool. All right, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, we're happy to have you here, Ryan. Uh, hopefully you are interested in talking about a lot of big, awesome magic tournaments that have happened and will happen. Because uh, on the Bachelors podcast, we center around the game called Magic the Gathering. I'm out. Oh, okay. well, just, just, just like that, I'm out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess we can talk about Deadpool or something else. That would be cool, too. We want to change our podcast real quick, bro? Yeah. No, no, we're going to stick to magic. That's that's, okay. that's what we do here. Now, actually, we, we talk about ass. Do you guys have a podcast? That this is oh, that's, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. We sent you an email for the Ass Bros oh. podcast as well. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The, the Ass Bros podcast is tomorrow. Yeah, maybe we got this mixed up. Uh, uh, maybe we're supposed to have you on that one. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. But before oh, we go any further, I just want to uh, have a new shout out for all of the uh, the new Patreons. Thank you so much for our new Patreons, Brent and Jason. Your support means a lot to us. And don't worry, Dr. Unks. We will get to you later during the <laughs> cast and crew. You, oh, are, you are very important to us. Don't you worry. If anyone didn't listen to the pre-show where we did a little in-depth message from Dr. Unks, please do, because it was one of the funniest things I've heard <laughs> all week. It was yeah. so good. And you, you can get access to the pre-show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast. Now, before... Is there a back end to get onto that Patreon, Brad? Uh, I mean, you could probably get through someone's account, but I don't think there is really a backdoor to get to that content. It is exclusively posted on our Patreon account. Oh, well, I mean, that's not the best, but it's definitely the second best, I suppose. 
Yeah, there's a lot of seconds going on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're getting real sloppy. Can we get back to the main point, please? Yes, okay, we can. Sorry, All right. So, a secret between friends, a moment of truth movie. Was that what launched your career? <laughs> yes. That's the brass tacks right there. Yes, it did. Yeah, that is that is perfect. I have never seen it, nor will I, but I bet it was good. Mm. Rotten Tomatoes like, we'll does my, disagree we'll, with me. Well, launched my career was a movie called uh, Green Lantern, actually. maybe. Oh, that. yes, mm. yes, I have. The best Superman movie of all times. So that's right. Well, it wasn't a Superman movie, but no close. superhero movie. I said you said uh, Superman. You did, not. you did say Superman, and we do have evidence of it that is being recorded currently. Oh, did you record me? And you're gonna autoplay it multiple no, times you, over and you over. You are recording yourself right now. Yeah, you, you did that. You did that to yourself, Corey. This time, oh. Wait, you just played yourself. Wait, you guys are recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's actually get into our topic. Let's Um, talk some magic. We're going to talk some magic. So some big tournaments happened this past weekend. Uh, There was the Red Bull untapped Russian qualifier on on, uh, MTG Melee. This is a series of Red Bull-sponsored tournaments. There's 16 of them. The five Mm -hmm. of them have been done already uh, that have been all summer long. This weekend, uh, this coming weekend's actually the second international qualifier, which is open to everyone in the world, not uh, restricted to a country. So that is happening at midnight, Friday night, Saturday morning um, for me. So it's super early for anyone. uh, But if you are a European listener, uh, this is perfect time for you. So take a look at that at mtgmelee.com. You can find that uh, on our homepage. Um, or if you just don't sleep at night and you live in the U.S., that's great for you as well. Yeah, some Americans will be doing that. Um, yeah, I pulled one all-nighter, Brad, you know, like two weeks ago, and I was, like, recovering for three days. I don't think I could possibly play in an event that starts at 3 a.m. It'd oh, be so hard. Age gets to you, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, yeah same. Really. I don't think I could play in an event that starts that late. Or early or ever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I just played the the Red Bull tournament last year that started at midnight and went to like 9 a.m. or whatever. Oh, yeah. And you'd got steak knives essentially, right? Like you got really close but didn't win anything. Yeah, I think I was like two wins out or something. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and coming down to check on you. And because uh, I was interested in how it's going, and you're like, well, we've been delayed for two hours, but that no longer can happen. MTG Melee <laughs> is running smooth sailing right now. Uh, so, uh, but that, and then also the SCG uh, online championship qualifier that both Corey and I played in. Um, yep. So last week, let's let's go chronological here and tell our story. So last week on the podcast, we were talking about playing uh, my four color Yorian deck that was um, Ostava's from from the um, the Axia Now tournament, and we both were trying to work on it, and it kind of failed miserably for both of us. Yeah, honestly, I, it was something I was really interested in because it it seemed like there wasn't a deck that was that had like universal removal like this deck did with Mithros of Nethroi, um, and Extinction Event was really good. So like the pieces were there that I thought the deck was going to be very strong, but just when I played it, it kind of had that Azorius control feel to me where you can't always have the right answers for all mm-hmm. the problems, and it, it just. 
there was too many games that ended with just me having an ECD, but there was a small creature in play or me having eliminate. And there was, you know, I was getting wilderness reclamation or something like that. And I, I just wasn't winning enough with it. So I definitely switched, I think, Thursday night of last week. Yeah, so what'd you move to? I moved to Mono Green Machine. It was something that I, I first started playing it just as a fact that like, ah, I think I could climb the ladder quick with it. I thought it was just really fun. And then I just kept realizing, I was like, wow, I'm just like, you know, nine and one. The next day I'm just like eight and two. I, I'm just like not losing with this deck much at all. So I was like, all right, maybe this deck just is really, really strong. And, uh, and I, I really do think it is. Yeah, so then I I was uh, trying some of the sacrifice decks, and I saw some some talk about Rakdos being good, and I played a little bit with it, and my, my results were fine, but I wasn't finding anything that I was really comfortable with, um, mm -hmm. and I wasn't that excited about my chances in the tournament, but, you know, Friday night, I registered Rakdos and went to bed. Um, I didn't even test much with Team Reclamation or Bant Ramp, two decks I should have tested with. I mean, at all, actually. I should have been working on them. But for some reason, I was like, I want to explore all these rogue decks, see if there's anything good in the format. Didn't test enough. I didn't have enough time. So mm -hmm. I didn't get to all of the strategies, so I wanted to trial the fringe. Now, when I woke up in the morning, um, now this was 6.20 a.m. for me, the SCG uh, tournament started at 7 a.m. Uh, the Red Bull uh, Russian event was already in in round five. Actually, they were they were playing round six, and I looked at the data on MTG Melee and I saw that Rakdos Sacrifice was not doing well in the tournament. And then I was like, oof, and I didn't even have confidence in the deck and it wasn't performing well. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna audible. And I just picked the only 5-0 Bant Ramp deck list oh, in that was tournament. was it because you wanted to slow things down with Teferi? I did, I did. Uh, get some more time, I see, okay. Yeah, and so so I, I just grabbed the 5-0 list that was in that tournament, registered that and played that, sadly to a 5-3 finish. I was 5-1 at one time and then I lost two in a row. Um, but, uh, that deck ended up doing really well throughout the weekend. And I was pretty happy with my decision to play Bant Ramp. I felt like my tournament was a little frustrating. I lost a mirror and then I lost, um, to Orzov, Orzov Yoriam, which is just a train wreck matchup. And then in the last round, I never got to play a fourth land against Jun Sacrifice ever, which was also uh, tilting. You, you lost to Orzov Sacrifice. God, it must've been so infuriating to lose to a joke deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. I, oh, oh, wow, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Whoops, did yeah. you have a piece in that deck or something? Or? <laughs> the joke is that uh, I played it in, in the, 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 the regional players tour and also had a middling finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat it. You can't win with it. That's well, the, that's the best thing. I, I, I got to say it. I was I'm, just going to say I only lost a team reclamation with the deck. That deck is designed to beat Bant Ramp. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I wanna, yeah, go ahead to say what you gotta say, Brian. Ryan, I was say, Ryan, uh, right? Yeah, it's, I, it's Ryan. I said you, Ryan. Okay, sounded like you said something else. I don't even want to go there. Um, <laughs> so I, I just gotta say though, like you, you went five three, which might have been disappointing, but it's way better than the three and five you would have won if you played Rakdos. So that is very true. You, yeah, you still Probably got, you true, still got yeah. two extra wins out of it. So. That's probably true. But yeah. honestly, I think Doom Foretold, I mean, this is a little off topic, but if if we're wanting to crush Bant and probably beat Mono Green, I think Doom Foretold could make a comeback this weekend. I'm interested in it. I think I think the Mono Green matchup is abysmal. It was one of the bad matchups. So, oh, so really? I, th oh. I, think, I think the deck is weak to Mono Green and 
Uh, Tumor Reclamation. Oh, uh, that can't be. I I just assumed creature deck that Doom Foretold would destroy it, but well, you I, have to you have to draw well because like it's like play a rat, take seven damage, play a priest, <laughs> die. <laughs> it's like your opponent's casting big creatures and you're playing a. One one for two mana that makes them discard a six six that goes into play. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Maybe uh, maybe that wouldn't be the best call. Yeah, and also oddly enough, like now there's a decent amount of removal from the new set that you can play eliminate and grasp. Yeah. But when I was testing the deck, all your removal was multicolored, so you couldn't even beat the the coil serpent. Oh mm. yeah, you can never beat stone coil serpent. <laughs> Never, I mean, no you just one, play no glass casket, right? Like glass cla- casket's like, got to actually like be decent. Kaya, but- Kaya, you took the oath to kill colorless things. What are you doing to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, so so I ended up playing Bam Ramp. I, I really liked it. You know, the the deck has Jorel and Scavenging Ooze um, as the big the big increases. The deck list that I played uh, actually was the person who won the Red Bull Untapped Germany tournament with uh, three t- three Teferi Time Masters, which were very impressive. Um, and then Jorel, uh, you know. Was Jorel pretty pretty good? I still have yeah. yet to play with that card, but it yeah, always it, seems insane. It's it, it's very good. The, the frustrating thing is the mirror that I lost was literally just whoever was on the play because both players kept opening hands of Jorel plus Teferi. And oh, so yeah. who's ever on the play is significantly advantaged. Well, I don't know, Brad. If the, if the person on the play didn't have any lands, it would probably be hard to get that sequence going. Yeah, that, that is very, very good content for a podcast to bring up i think that is just spectacular stuff to talk about hey thanks brad thanks i've been working on my podcasting so yeah but yeah so that morning the the list that was 5-0 was from alexi and alexi ended up taking down the red bull and tap qualifying for the the seventy five thousand dollar finals and all of that awesome stuff so congrats for that and thanks for letting me steal your deck list uh they might not have even known that i did that but (laughs) so we played in the tournament you ended up top 80 Yep, i uh i had a nice clean x1 i i think i was I think I was just straight 7-0. God, I can't even remember already. I'm getting old. I think I was 7-0 and then I lost the last round and then lost the top eight, but maybe that's not right. But yeah, anyways, I ended up making it to the top eight, losing to Nicholas Price, uh, who I beat in the Swiss in round seven. I, I just annihilated him too. I think I did make a mistake uh, game three against him, so I think I had it coming. But overall, just a really fun tournament, and uh, I I just had a blast playing mono green instead of having just a slog fest that would be Bant mirrors or Team Reclamation mirrors. And I honestly just played the deck out of sheer not wanting to play those games again, those super long mirrors of either Bant or Teamer. And it just so happened that green ended up being good and something that fit my play style. But I really just only played it from the beginning out of sheer not wanting to deal with that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it does look like you went 7-1. You were the only mono green in the top eight. And I also lost mm-hmm. to Nicholas Price in round four. That was my first loss in the tournament was of the Bant Ramp Mirror. Well, you guys um, both played tight. the ultimate price. We did the ultimate yeah. price, the, the Nicholas price. Yeah, the you, guys, Nicholas you guys price, both, yeah. both paid it. Yeah. Mm. So, so how that tournament played out now um, for for the Star City Games tournament was 
Uh, just taking a real quick look at it. The top eight had three Bam Ramp, one Mono Green, one Mono Red, one Sultai Ramp, one Jack Jun Sacrifice, and one Teamer Reclamation. But the Teamer, the Teamer Reclamation player, uh, Aaron, ended up taking it down. But this is not your normal Teamer, teamer Reclamation deck list. Let me, uh, let me just say some, I'm just gonna say 29 lands, uh, four Nissa Who Shakes the World, four Uro, two Jorel, two Llanowar Visionary, Three Wilderness Reclamation, four Ghost Spiral, four the four Expansion Explosion, four Mystical Dispute, two Sublime Jesus. Epiphany, and two Aether Gusts Holy. is the main deck. So, so yeah. So one of the things I will say is Jorel and Landwar Visionary are actually kind of buddies, and I didn't know that mm. until this weekend. Just uh, a ramp thing. Like, of course, Uro's good. And and sometimes it's just a fifth and six Earl, basically, right? Exactly, and it triggers yeah. your draw rails, and it's going to give you card advantage. And if they kill it, like that, that gives you a little bit of time. And so uh, and, I've been, and it ramps you to Nissa. So the whole draw rail yep. Landwar Visionary Nissa package is a real thing. Um, yeah, yeah, going three to five is very strong when you have four Nissas. Yeah, and especially in a deck like this, like what are you doing on on turns two and three if you're not ramping? Um, you're playing interactive spells, and sometimes those don't line up right. So this is the kind of shell that it's like gets you to the places you're going. Now it's a very interesting deck list, right? Because it's it's effectively a simic combo deck with wilderness reclamation and expansion explosion, but it's built like a simic. Um, a simic rampish style deck with like you know you still have these nisses you have these mystical disputes and then these sublime epiphanies um that are just <laughs> just I, don't, I i still have yet to cast it I, i'm gonna play this deck a little bit um sadly i haven't had a bunch of time this week um i'm free pretty much this week at the end of the bash pros podcast is when i can finally like free up i can start qualifying for the the next uh tournament and the next scg so i'll be playing in a qualifier right after this is over but like i'm excited to grind this a little bit but yeah so what this are you deck, gonna play what are you gonna play bradley i have a i think i'm gonna play team of reclamation but um a, a a different list that's uh that plays nightpack ambusher in the main deck okay uh for the first qualifier but then i'm gonna test and do some other stuff but just cool i, I have a list that i've played a few t few matches with online i've done well with it and um and a, a good source has given it to me. So that's what I'm going to be playing, you know, with no practice just after this podcast. But I will be taking this deck for a look because I want to explore all the Joriel Lanawar Visionary Nissa package strategies, whether it's in this deck or Bant or a Soltai Shell. I think that uh, Lanawar Visionary is a sleeper because of how good it just bridges the gap between Joriel and Nissa when you don't have an Uro. Yeah, and it almost seems like another card kind of like Shark Typhoon, which was, you know, a sleeper for a small amount of time. Just whenever the card looks like it's a meme, you know, like Sharknado or just Llanowar Elf and Elvish Visionary combined into a card, I feel people naturally just want to think like, ah, oh, this card can't be real. It's it's too absurd. Well, sometimes, but also some of those cards are too absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, the the Lanawar card, the the green, 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 three, three that makes <laughs> yeah, three man. mana. Lanawar tribe. Yeah, yeah. Lanawar tribe. 
That just reminds me of like 20 effing Niv Mizzets or whatever. Where they have you ever seen these fake cards where they oh, just yeah. have that's a that's where the meme starts. Yeah, like yeah, 15 yeah. siege rhinos or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, those get me every time. They're so funny. So, looking at this SCG breakdown from this tournament, and then we'll move on to the Red Bull one. Um, mm-hmm. Bant Ramp and Team Reclamation were the two most played decks by a lot. 33 players registered Bant Ramp, 27 Team Reclamation, and both of them had equal. Uh, win percentage actually it was fifty six percent fifty six point oh seven percent for Bant Ramp uh, and wow. Team Reclamation at a fifty six point four um, and if you look at the uh, you know when I said three Bant Ramp top eight only one Team Reclamation while that's true ninth and tenth that missed on breakers were also Team Reclamation wow yes. I'd, be, I'd be curious where's the mono green on this uh, archetype breakdown was it it must have just been a very small amount of people played it huh there was only five players that played it and they roughly had a 52 win 52 percent win percentage anytime you do like an arbitrary breakdown like top eight which sometimes is even decided by like things like tiebreakers yeah it's not always telling the full picture like brad saying ninth and tenth were also team of wreck and they had the same win percentage so yeah you, you know you look at the top eight and you're like oh bant ramp's the best deck (laughs) <laughs> Team Rec is falling off the map. It's like actually that not really what's being what's happening. I mean, yeah. and then the truth is also then even this sample size is like looking at these win percentages is better than looking at a top eight, but it's still only 140 deck lists. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's only you know yeah. it's a lot of matches. 144 players playing an eight round Swiss tournament is a ton of matches, but. It still, it still isn't like a bunch, right? Like, right, like it says, Bant Ramp accumulated three hundred and forty-two points, which means that that's how many wins divided by three. So we're talking mm-hmm. over a hundred matches of wins, and if it's a fifty-six win percentage, that means that it's like close to a hundred losses as well. That's over two hundred matches of Bant Ramp. That's still a very small sample size. One thing uh, that is worth uh, noting here as well from this uh, metagame breakdown or this archetype breakdown is there are three decks in the top uh, seven deck lists that are aggressive decks, and all three of those decks are the only decks who had a sub-50% win rate. Yeah, I think that's really key to note. I was just about to say the same thing. Like, yeah. Just one of those decks being the one that Brad was going to play. Yeah, Rakdos, yep. Sacrifice, Mono Red, and Mono Black Aggro all had sub 50% win rates, just showing once again something that we kind of already knew, known. You know, Aggro is at a really tough spot uh, to be able to attack all these Aero decks. Also, what I love of this is Sultai Ramp just having a 50% win percentage. Like, it, it's, it's always, like, always. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not 49, but, you know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think I think you're absolutely right. Aggressive decks are struggling, and there's there's a lot of points to uh, to make for that, right? Like, obviously, yeah. Gross Spiral and Ur are very powerful cards. The, the removal that these Gross Spiral decks have is actually kind of good, or the strategies they have involved. But also, the mana is not conducive of an aggressive metagame we're playing shocks and temples uh and and the trilands the triums are also coming to play taps which also um help the castles for for untapped so like a card like castle vantress which should struggle in a format full of temples and shocklands and triums but because the triums act as shocklands they're even better um even fable passages come to play taps. so um i saw frank carson who is um one of the 
leading aggressive aficionados in magic, someone that you should respect their opinion, say, don't play two color aggressive decks. Um, And and he had a bunch of lists of mono black, mono red, mono green. It still doesn't mean they're good. But when somebody's saying don't play two colors, that you probably shouldn't play two colors because the mana is not that good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really hoping in the next set we get some fast lands, you know, lands that come into play untapped as long as you have three or fewer lands or something like that to give aggro a fighting chance as far as mana bases go i don't even know if it's just the mana base thing too it just seems like on card power level they're just not there yeah i mean we there probably has to be multiple things that go into it but i mean the building blocks have to be there to be able to play a two or a three color beatdown deck uh and right now it's not well it's it's the speed it's like so so all of these decks are base simic and they have Gross Brow and Uro, which are disgusting. They could have Nissa or Wilder's Reclamation, which are disgusting. And then um, Krace is also a pretty good card in a lot of situations. But the sweepers are, are really what it's at. Every color combination that you pair Simic with has a pretty good sweeper, right? You've got Time Wipe and Shatter of the Sky in white. You've got End of Extinction in black. And you could play Cry if you need to, Cry of Carnaria. And then for red, you've got Flame Sweep and Storm's Wrath. So, An extinction event. Well, extinction is what event. Saying. Yeah, yeah, extinction event for 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 black. So every color combination has access to really good two mana and four two mana targeted removal and four mana sweepers. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the burn isn't that good in the format. Like the reach these decks have. There, everyone, every deck that aggressive deck that's trying to get by on reach is a planeswalker which is nice like mono green has options on planeswalkers but mm-hmm. most of it's just cat combo yeah um yeah. and now yeah. and now with scavenging ooze that's a that's a that's a green option that that stops decks from sta- like can help them stabilize as well yeah, yeah honestly i don't, I don't, oh, go ahead, Brian. I was just say i don't think <laughs> it's that i don't think the mana is the reason why aggressive decks aren't doing well I just think it's the cards and like, and it might be the mana, but in an indirect way of these other decks have good mana, like these three color decks have good mana and that kind of makes it harder to play um, a two color deck that doesn't really have better mana, if that makes sense. Oh, it does for sure. I've definitely, I mean, I I can't say like, I'm, I'm not smart enough to know this for a fact, but there's, I mean, we've all probably experienced it that I've played in formats with similar mana situations where I have less mana issues with my three or four color decks than I do with my two color decks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, I mean, it's not that your mana is, like, better. It's just that uh, when you're playing a slower deck, you don't need to curb out exactly as perfectly as you do in a faster deck. So. Well, it yeah. also it's also, like, you know, a card like Goblin Chain Whirler is effectively at the same power level as an Uro, but one of them is easier to cast in a multicolored deck than the other. Yeah. And so we'll sure. see we'll see a lot of monocolored cards go into a two-color deck that have difficult mana uh, restrictions, like you know, brazen borrowers or white, white aggressive creatures. Every white aggressive creature you've ever played costs colors white white as a yeah. three drop. And, and in a multicolored deck, I I won't I don't want to say this is always true because it depends on the mana bases, but it's mostly true that um two of different colors is easier to cast than two of the same color. Yes. So like, like an Uro is way easier to cast than a Brazen Borrower in a blue-green deck. It's just because mm. you build your mana base to be able to get one of every color. That makes know. sense. So like, it's really like those cards are 
yeah, like they might be on the same power level, like Brad was saying, but it is just way easier to cast one of those cards, and so that that's not irrelevant. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, makes sense to me. But so yeah, so that's a good good thing to point. Now let's let's uh, rewind and go take a look at that Red Bull and Tap tournament. So the Red Bull and Tap uh, Russian qualifier started at two a.m. my time on Saturday morning before the SCG championship qualifier. That top eight had two mono green aggro, one Boros aggro, one Rakdos Knights, two Bant ramp, one Sultai ramp, and one mono red. No team reclamation. Excuse me, I guess aggro is not dead. (laughs) Jesus, just five out of eight decks? Yeah, uh, the the winning deck list was the the Bant ramp deck that uh, I played in the tournament. It's a... you know, a, a very generic version, uh, give or take one card here, one card there, but it looks like any other band ramp deck. 28 lands, I think you should play 29, but that's another topic. Um, I played 28 and thought I should play 29. And the archetype breakdown, the hash, the metagame breakdown was Bant Ramp was the most played deck, uh, Rakt- followed by Rakdos, Soltai, and then Team of Reclamation tied with Soltai. The win percentages wow. um, are actually still very reflective of. The other one, Bant Ramp had a 55, Jun Sacrifice had a 57, um, Team Reclamation had a 48, That it did poorly, Sultai Ramp had a 52, but then Rakdos Sacrifice 50, Mono Green Aggro 51, and Mono Red 52. So we're, we're, we're seeing, pretty much what we're seeing is the most played decks are the decks that are winning more, but they're all, they all seem even, and then the decks that are suffering are all like the tier two, tier three. Uh, stuff we're not talking about that you know people are just playing for fun those decks those decks yeah. don't have a shot in hell in this format I mean the one thing to point out from this breakdown is out of all these decks the only deck has a sub 50% win rate is team of reclamation supposedly the best deck in the format but it does look like there's just a ton of egg like more aggro in this event than uh, um, in the event that we played not by a ton of course but but a little bit as far as numbers. I mean, that that would make a little bit of sense because Team Rec does struggle with green, struggles with Rakdos Sacrifice if they have like main deck uh, zombie dinos rotting Regisaur. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I, I completely agree well, with you on I mean, that. Team Rec only put one copy in the top eight, so. So yes. deck's yeah. dead. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, I mean, and then that's just it. Team Reclamation has to figure out its place in the metagame, and we talked about that before. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah. And, and so... And, and also, we can't take too much from context from this. I mean, there are some, like, things that we can say is, like, the aggressive decks aren't really showing that they're that great, but the Bant Ramp is... Nothing is telling you... Nothing says to not play Bant Ramp. Yeah, Bant Ramp seems like just the deck to play as far as a safe, very good deck. Like, Team Rec is having these good weekends. It's having these bad weekends, dependent on the list. But Bant Ramp is just very much always at the 55 up win percentage. The lists look good. They're starting to get very, you know, refined, and people are starting to agree on numbers. The one thing I'm seeing from all the Bant Ramps is more and more (laughs) Joriel. Like I, I think I think we're gonna get to a point where it's three or four, like none of this two bullshit. Because I think that card is just insane, and people are starting to realize it. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Brian. I heard you uh, inhaling, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you heard yeah. me inhaling because for me to talk, it is really an effort. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I just want to say that. Like I keep like Jun sacrifice on both of these is like fairly low played, but has a good win rate um, in in all these events. Like what's what's Jun sacrifice's place in the metagame right now? So um, 
I guess I guess the best answer I have is that Jun Sacrifice, I think, is a pretty good deck. Um, I've had struggles with it and trying to figure out how to build it. I also think that like Jun Sacrifice is one of the more powerful strategies. Um, but it just has such a bad team reclamation matchup. Now you can still games by having discard or bulls of Citadel things, but it's kryptonite is that it just does not interact with the combo. It's trying to, it tries to keep up with band style decks, um, on card advantage with trail of crumbs and, and other card advantage engines, like it's five and six drops. Um, and that works, but against teamer, they can ignore that and go combo. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Oh, go for it. Oh, and uh, I, I just also think that Mono Green smashes it. And now that that's de that deck is getting more popularity, I think Jun Sacrifice either has to reevaluate how little of interaction that they have for game one and increase those numbers, and then they can make it a good matchup. It, all it takes is some good spot removal, but they just do not interact with like any of the creatures game one unless they have like one of their two claims. And if they get a very aggressive Mayhem Devil down and can actually start picking stuff off early, but otherwise, like I've been smashing that deck too with green. So I, I've never really found the appeal in Jun Sacrifice, but I always see it doing well. And I always see it being played by really good players too. So I don't know if there's any correlation there but i'm always confused why that deck does so well but on paper it just doesn't seem like it should be that good to me it must have a really good bant ramp matchup i i honestly don't know but it has to it does it does have a good bant ramp matchup and it, it it's kind of um i think one of the issues is is it's uh fighting on two fronts there's there's two ways you can build the deck right like if you want to mm -hmm. be aggressive decks you're going to play a bunch of corvolds claim the firstborns uh, more woe striders, uh, things of that nature. If you want to beat yep. the other uh, growth spiral strategies, you're going to want to play cards like Psalm Simulacrum, Lanor Visionary, Bolus of Citadel, and you can mash all these cards into a deck. But um, you know, it it makes for some awkward main decks, and then and then cyborg strategies. But again, like Yuki Chikawa yep. went four zero last week. He went five three in the Red Bull, or sorry, the SCG Online Championship qualifier with the deck. People are still doing well i'm still seeing it do all right in the uh the qualifiers and we can move to that and give mm -hmm. another um i mean it's still not for owing much so yeah uh, and I, I just want to touch on one thing that you said too i played yuki uh and his his list and he didn't really change anything from what we talked about on the podcast the weekend before um and you know we had we had two good games like they were close and stuff and he played super well but i never really felt like i was out of it and i had like one key turn where i had to play around a lava coil and if i didn't i would have lost but it just felt like all his removal in a face-up format it was really easy to play around these things with mono green there wasn't you know noxious grasps uh that would just you know completely wreck me and stuff like that so i i, I don't know i wasn't i wasn't too afraid of uh that deck list yeah, and it could be a deckless thing. It's also it yeah. it also says something that Mono Green has cards like Ram Through and Primal Might, where you know, like Brian, Brian, I bet you're you know Ryan, excuse me, Ryan. Um, <laughs> if uh, if get if, it right, yeah, like a card like Corvold is the should be the aggro slayer, right? And it is against a deck like Monored. Monored can't. What what is Monored going to do to it? It has to it has to hope an act of treason can get it off the board or kill them with it. But Mono Green just has this card called Primal Might, which is just kind of absurd. You play Corvold, even if you can get up to like an 8-8, if you have like a 5-5 in play or even a questing beast and a fight spell, you can just beat it. And oh, and very not, easily. 
Not even that, Brad. Like, you bring in the advisories or whatever against them as well, which is another death touch creature. So now you have Ram through, Primal Might, and Vivian as ways to kill Corvald from Mono Green. So, like, it's really not that scary uh, of a card and, against And you them. have Scavenger News for, for their cat stuff. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I can definitely see that Mono Green and Team Reclamation are what are really good, are really difficult for Jun Sacrifice to beat, and it preys on the rest of the metagame, is, is my, my yeah. current theory. And um, Gem Razor to eat ovens and uh, yeah. uh, and the stupid trail of cards too. Yes, yes, your, mo your mono green deck is great. Do you want to pitch it? <laughs> give, no, us, give us yourself. Guess, okay. No, no, that's it. That's no, all I had to say about it. Yeah, I, I think it is a colossally bad matchup. You even have like <laughs> Serpent with Gem Razor with Trample and Vivian to give Trample, so the cat oven stuff isn't as good. And you know what would make it even more of a colossally bad matchup? Go on. Colossal Dreadmaw, baby. You're right. Six, if Jun six. did play that, it would be way worse. Nah, I agree. Nah, nah, nah. If, if, if Mono <laughs> Green played it, it's a green card, Corey. Oh, okay. Colossal Dreadmaw, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fan me down, Get, get these, like, great hinges out of your deck and get the Dreadmaw in there. <laughs> like, what are you What are you talking about? With, with Colossal Dreadmaw in play, the great hinge only costs three. That is true. <laughs> All right. Now the, now, the last data spot that I just want to talk about that kind of hammers. hammers. Oh, oh, yeah. I was just ignoring all of that. Just oh, yeah. Brad being like, okay, I'm going to change the subject from that yeah. stupid stuff. <laughs> so the last data point that I really want to talk about before we look at some cool decks and see where we think the mana game is going to go is um, I compiled all of the decks that 4 owed uh, SCG standard challenges starting back uh, this past Saturday. So Saturday to present time, which is, is halfway through Wednesday. Um, I'm just going to run through this list. Uh, these decks all 4-0'd uh, standard challenges. Seven Bant Ramp, three Mono Green, two, two Gruel Aggro, two Team of Reclamation, one Racto Sacrifice, one Four Color Reclamation, which we'll get to later, one Mardu Knights, one Simic Flash, one Sultai Ramp, one Judge Sacrifice, one Simic Ramp, one Mono Red. So... You know, Gruel Aggro is similar to Mono Green in the sense that it's beat down plus these like fight spells, and we'll look at a deck list of that. Um, and Bant Ramp is just at the top. It's the most played deck. It's winning the most because it's the most played deck. And it's not, you know, it's it's kind of the most like flush deck. It kind of has built-in answers for a lot of issues, has a good mm -hmm. good, you know, it's Bant Ramp to me feels like OBS on control. Where yeah. you have some early threats, you have some card advantage, you have some controlling elements, and you can just continuously grind card advantage until your opponent just can't beat you on so many fronts. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even the last Mythic Championship, uh, I think, what, that Javier won with Gruel, like, Bant kind of proved itself as one of the best decks at that point as well. That was when Bant was still good. Like, Mangucci played Bant, had a really good weekend, and... Yeah, that, that well, was the but event, that, right? But well, that that we can't really count that. That's like Oko and 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 Once Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But I'm just saying, Bant has like had these tools to just have a really good plan since Teferi and Nissa have been paired together. I mean, that deck was so good it didn't even play the Gross Spirals, Corey. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that is fair. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know access. exactly where I was going with this, except to sum up, Bant good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I also, guess... Bant's just playing, like, tons of these, like, insane... Mythics and stuff, Oh, yeah, yeah. it's just, like, <laughs> it's the classic thing. It's, like, towards the end of a format, we're sitting here, like, trying to figure out, like, which deck do I play, blah, blah, blah. And there's, like, 
this deck has 47 mythic rares in it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I'll maybe play I'll, that one. I'll play that deck. Maybe that deck is good. I don't... Well, yeah. well Brian, Mono Green only has a lot of rares. There's not that many mythics. Oh, that's because you haven't yet introduced the greatest mythic of all time. Colossal Dreadmon? Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was like, sure, yeah, it counts sure. as like two, you know? I mean, yeah, also, that's a double mythic. On this topic, though, speaking of a lot of mythics and also looking in the past, Corey, uh, as, as our now historian of Bant, was Bant <laughs> okay. a big strategy back when you won the SCG team event <laughs> with Jund Dinosaurs? <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, that bad deck sucked because it could not beat a rotting Regisaur ever. Good point, what Bradley. Could, right. What Bant was bad back then. <laughs> <laughs> Another question was like, was Bant a good deck? I don't know. It's actually, I, I lost my train of thought here. Sorry about that. <laughs> Can we delete that from the podcast? Can we also delete me from the podcast? Sorry, Ryan, um, you're here forever. Ryan, you're doing fine, but it's your first magic podcast, and honestly, you've known more about magic than I thought you would, and you're just a sexy man, so I think you're doing great. Thank you, Corey underscore BMTG. No problem, Ryan. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just love that Bant is like the mythic deck right now, and the original deck... Like, the original deck that kind of started this trend was just a Bant deck called Mythic. Like... Oh, really? yeah. That, oh, like, before wait, Mythics. Wait, no, no. It was the onset of when Mythics first came out. Oh, yeah, it was. It, it was just like the, the, the you know, like the Eldrazi Conscription deck or whatever. You it know? was called Bant huh. Mythic because it was just all the Mythic rares. Yes, it was. Yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah, yeah well, right. It's just a We've cool, circled a cool back, huh? Yeah, it's just a cool throwback. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just I thought it was cool. No, yeah, that is actually like really cool. Um, but yeah, so so uh, I definitely am going to work with Bant Ramp. But um, one of the things that I will just say, if we can just talk about Bant Ramp for a second, then we'll talk about Mono Green, is um, these are decks that we both know a little bit about, so we can discuss them. Is mm-hmm. I, I played this list with four Teferi Time Reveler, three Teferi Time Masters, two Nissas, one Ugin, uh, two Hydro Crisis, one Ooze, three Jorel. And I found the Ooze to be kind of medium. Uh, but what I found impressive is in the mirrors, if there's a lot of band in the mirrors, that Jorel is not, not only good, but great in the mirror, and it, it, and it forces a Shadow of the Sky. But a card like Hydro Crisis is actually very annoying in the mirror because there's just so few answers to it. Mm-hmm. And it's either like bounce it or you can lock it down with uh, Master of Time, uh, bounce it with Time Raveler. Uh, you can Ugin it when you can actually get that off, but you can't ECD it. it your, your sharks might not even be able to be good enough because um, because of, you know, it's it's just this, this very powerful threat that I found in the mirror that's very annoying. Yeah, and, no, it's tough. Yeah, and so, the, you know, it's not the best card against Team Reclamation or even Mono Green, but it is a card that's great in the mirrors that I found that I kind of want to play a third of that. Um, yeah. But other than uh, that... Honestly, the, the good answers to Krasis are like Narset, but in these Bant mirrors now, you can't really trust Narset being a good card anymore with Shark Typhoon being able to, even as a 1-1, when you play Narset, it, it will annoy it and then kill it. Or with uh, now that all these Bant decks are playing a two-drop creature in the form of Joriel, 
Narset's just bad again, which is too bad because it was one of the best cards. And same with Glass Casket, with there being so many ways that even the aggro decks are destroying artifacts, whether it be Gem Razor or, you know, Wilt or whatever like that. You can't rely on that as a good card anymore. So it makes sense. Krasis is just going right under the cracks of, you know, what you can do to attack other BAMP uh, decks right now. I think yeah. it's crazy that Krasis's converted mana cost has played such an absurd role in Standard. Like, uh, uh, on both sides of the spectrum. Like, it dodges Elspeth Conquers Death, you know, on, on the one side of the spectrum and the other side of the spectrum. Like, it gets mm-hmm. it gets hit by the, like, you know... D-strokes and stuff back in the day? Um, no, no, I mean, like, the Tyrant Scorns or the Claim oh, the Firstborns yeah. or whatever. Like, that kind of stuff where it's like... It, it, it catches both ends of the spectrum off of it, off of its converted mana cost, and like that's actually just a super relevant aspect of the card. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One of one of the one of the ways that this deck um, that's interesting is Bant Ramp has a tough Rakdos sacrifice game one because you don't have a, access to a lot of removal spells, and you just get to the spot where you end up bleeding down to like ten or less life, and you can't put a threat into play because they'll just kill you with claim the firstborn. Yep. Because all of your creatures, whether it be Shark Typhoon, Jorel, Hydra Crisis, Scavengers, and Uro, even Nissa Lands all get claimed. Yep. It's 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 just wild. It's and, and that's why I'm a big fan of Talsmere and the Cyborg, just having this big threat you can play to kill off something and not be claimed. Um I've I've turned the tides a lot with a uh, Talsmere. Oh, they can claim. Well they can oh, claim if they can claim the token if you don't kill like a mayhem devil. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's crazy, too, is like the one card you really want to avoid claim and it still kind of gets claimed, you know, like just shows like how powerful converted mana cost three and less creatures are in band and how little you want cards like Baneslayer uh, because it's just too much mana to commit. Standard's so powerful right now. You just can't play a five drop that doesn't affect the board immediately. Yeah. Like Tulsimir seeing play over Baneslayer you know, is commentary on the format. And I'm not saying it's like yeah. good or bad. I'm just saying like that, that's just in a reflection of what the format looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I sure. mean, you have, to, you have to fight like priests and um, Baneslayer, you know, can be uh act of treason and that could be a blowout. It can also just, um, you know, the sack, the problem is the life gain doesn't really work. Like you can sack decks can just send all of their creatures and then sack whatever doesn't get blocked. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or block with a goose, sack it, get wrecked. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's <laughs> there's so many ways to invalidate a Baneslayer Angel right now. Even just yep. there's a lot of two mana removal spells that these decks have access to that just kill it. Noxious Grasp, mm-hmm. um, and it kills that and your Teferis and all that. Yeah, like you don't want to invest too much into one thing in this format. Yep. That's just kind of how this plays out. Um but yeah, yeah so speaking of noxious grass, I want to say one last thing before you change the subject here. I think that card should have a bigger weekend now, whether it be in Sultai or whatever. Um I, you know, there's not a ton of decks that can play at Sultai, Jun Sacrifice, maybe Red Black Sacrifice, but I think it should be a weekend where people up the numbers of Noxious Grasps. Uh just every top deck seems to have a really good target for it right now. Um, and some of the other black removal or lava coil or something like that is so one sided that I, I think it's going to be a good weekend for noxious grasps. Yeah, it's, it, it's really efe- it's really efficient at what it does, and it's it's like inc- the cards like that are incredible. Decks like against decks like green aggro, one for one removal in general is pretty bad against decks like Bant Ramp or Team Reclamation, just on the nature of how of how magic works. But mm-hmm. noxious grasp was just such a 
powerful card that it might still be worth it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, being able to kill Joriel, Nissa, instant speed, night pack, ambushers, everything from mono green. You know, it, it seems like that is a really strong cyborg card right now. Yeah, the problem, but like what Brian said is very important. Is like you you play yeah. you play spot removal for the decks that spot removal is good against. Um, yeah. You don't you don't play spot removal to bring it in in these like these card advantage mirrors um, because you have to stop the card advantage because one for one interactions don't really matter. Also, um, you know, like Elspeth Conquers Death can pretty much clean up anything that's actually going to scare you in those matchups anyway. So, like, I would never... What about Hydride Crisis, Brad? We just talked about this. Oh, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's right. just grasping a Crisis is not going to be uh, too uh, too great for you, though. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if you just yeah. told me that I can play Bent Ramp and I can just cast free Noxious Grasp if I put him in my sideboard, I still might not bring him in against Bant. Okay. In the okay. mirror, because, like... You know, you don't want an opening hand of that. And, you know, like, it's just, there's issue. It's kind of like the same thing as, like, you don't want Aether Gust either. Like, you don't mm. want Aether Gust in the mirrors. Um, yeah. I know they're not the same, but it, 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 it they go along the same vein, at least. But so now we think that Bant Ramp is the best deck to play right now. Um, yep. And second up, you're you're saying mono green. I could buy that. Can we talk a little bit about the differences? So uh, Willie Idol's been really pushing this deck. Did well in the standard challenges this weekend online on Arena and won yes, the seven zero to challenge his metagame challenge as well. Won an event. Just been crushing with it. Yeah, won the standard challenge. And his list is a little different than everyone else's. Twenty four lands, which is the same. Very similar creature base, but finds room for two Nisu shakes the world two great hinge and four primal mites in the main deck yeah yeah so um there's a couple things that i looked from willie's list that i really like i i, I tried it all because i was like okay maybe i'm really off on how i value uh, certain cards um and and i tried it and i i came to some conclusions here one i think uh i added a 25th land and i'm playing mobilized district that that land won me so many games where willie is not um, especially in the sense where he's playing Nissa, um, you know, a five drop, which is already uh, more expensive than the converted mana cost uh, of the deck that I played for the SCG event. Uh, but if you just never, if you miss your third land drop, you almost always lose. So I decided to add a, a 25th land there. One thing I don't get is Primal Might in comparison to Ram Through. We're just talking about like how decks, how aggro decks don't have any reach. And instead, we want to put a pump spell that is conditional to you having a creature alive, which is not great in every matchup, where I think Ram Through is good in every matchup. And it's a huge form of reach, because if you just get a giant stone coil serpent, you ram through a 2-2 when you got an 8-8, boom, they just took six for two mana. Well, they both which, they both they both have the same issues. They both are reach for a green deck and they both yep. are conditional that you have to have a creature. So. You, you, but one of them can kill an instant speed nightpack ambusher. One of them it looks embarrassing against Team of Reclamation. Um, and then one of them can just kill your opponent out of nowhere. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I, I was very skeptical on Ram through in the first place. But after playing with it, you know, I, I added a third to the main just because I think that card is just unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I, I do see the, the appeal of Primal Might because it is a fireball. Yeah. Like, it, it does force through some, some, some damage when you don't really have the threats in play. Like, just being able to give a creature plus X plus X, get the one block out of the way, or on a creature that has trample, 
or on a questing beast who has, you know, pseudo invasion, stone cold serpent has trample. Like these, these things could happen. And you can even put it on, you know, bark ride troll, which you have um, a protection shield. So mm -hmm. I definitely see the value of this card, even just being cheap, right? Like I can see sometimes just casting it for G. Yeah, for one is the is the time where I think that card is the best. When you can go Barkhide Troll on two, turn three, another troll plus Primal Might against an aggressive deck, I think that is the best use of the card. But I also think that's a really narrow, you know, th way to look at standard because the most popular deck is Bant Ramp, where sure you can kill Jorials, um, but those that card isn't the biggest deal anyways. Questing Beast goes over the top of it. All your creatures are just way bigger than it. So I, I'm not a believer in that, but otherwise, like I adopted the Nissa who shakes the world because I think that is awesome. I wanted a fourth, a third and fourth planeswalker as something to play when I didn't want to overextend into a wrath, but I wanted some, I still wanted to put a threat uh, onto the battlefield that turn. That's kind of why I put, I play with mobilized district as well. It's just another card where I don't have to overextend into wraths. But the one thing that's the craziest to me is not playing Vivian Arcbor Ranger. I just think that card is unbelievable and it does everything for this deck. Um, so, so the list that I'm playing right now is, is pretty similar, but it's four Pell Collector, four Stone Coil Serpent, four Troll, four Scavenging Ooze, four Lovestruck Beast, four Questing Beast, and then um, the interactive spells that we kind of... Uh, differ on. I'm playing three Ram through two Gem Razor. We agreed on the Gem Razors. Uh, two Vivians, two Nissas, and then two the Great Henge. Um, and and I've been loving it. And 25 lands instead of 24. Yeah, and and you're not playing Crawler Pruner, which I can see Crawler Pruner being pretty medium. I mean, yeah. If John gets bigger, Crawl Harpooner is sweet. If you could ever kill a turn one goose, you know, it is insane. But the thing is, Crawl Harpooner also works really well with Ram Through. If you have a really late game, um, I guess it doesn't doesn't work insanely well. But you know, when you can play it and it gets pumped and then you can ram through something. I mean you, you can know. always you could always Vivian at that turn too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, exactly. And that's why Vivian with Ram through is also really good, where Vivian with Primal Might is not that exciting. So maybe there is some reason Willie didn't play uh, Vivian since he did choose to play for Primal Might. It seems I mean, that a lot of this, a, a lot of the spots where Primal Might is Fireball, Ram through is also Fireball, though, isn't like, yeah. it doesn't, I, I don't know if there's that much of a difference in the Fireball capacity of the two cards. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, that's it's, how I felt too. But I mean, you could just have like one middling creature in play, and the ram through will not deal additional damage, where the primal might can deal five or six additional damage. Yeah, like there's, if, they there's have there's one, if they have like one blocker and you have one me medium creature, you'd much rather have the primal might for sure. But I just feel in those kind of situations, like if they're already down to one blocker, you have a creature that you can fight and then push through. You're already so far ahead that it doesn't really matter if you have the access to pumping your creature a little bit more. Um, so I, I, it feels like more of a win more, just that X ability. And I play two Primal Might in the sideboard and the fourth Ram through whenever I do play against creature decks, just because I want six of those fight effects. And I just think Ram through is the better card. Yeah, I mean, well, and to be fair here, like, Willie's also playing for Ram through in the sideboard. The thing, yeah. I think the thing here is that Primal might might be able to do things that Ram through does not against decks that don't have creatures in play, right? Because a Ram through will never deal a single point of damage if they don't have a creature, whereas a Primal yeah, yeah. might can deal damage if they don't have a creature. Primal might also yep. goes really, really well with Nissa too. Yes. Yeah. 
That's where, true. Where ram through doesn't really work that well with Nissa. Yeah, there's no added bonus with that, except the fact that Nissa adds so much mana that your Stone Coil Serpents get insane, and then ram through, you know, does the damage there. Um, and and it still if there requires an extra card, though. Of course, but if there were spots or there were decks where the deck just didn't play any creatures, you know, if there was an Esper control deck or if there was a Azorius control deck, I would consider playing Primal Might instead. But every single deck plays creatures in some regards. Rather, And now that Joriel is being played, even Bant, Ramthor is even better just to have those little creatures that you can essentially use Ramthor as a fireball. If you're just Primal Mighting and killing one of their cats and then attacking into another cat, it feels bad, but... Yeah, because can actually just Prim- be a fireball. Primal Might is fight where Ram through is just uh, deal damage. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't trample. You know, Primal Might doesn't add trample. If it did that, then. Well, Ram through doesn't add trample. Swords. It doesn't, but it still deals damage as the, if you have a trampler, you know? What? What? Well, it still deals damage if you have a trampler, where if Primal Might, if you Primal Might one of your tramplers to kill one of their two twos, you're not dealing any damage. And if they have another two, two to block, I mean, I guess you trample over with that too. Yeah. So maybe that's a, a bad uh, explanation. I, mean, I, but... I understand you're trying to sell Ram through, but the thing that I'm not, yeah. the thing I'm not grasping is, you know, Willie already plays four in the sideboard. He, he is determined that it's a good card. It's four of his 75 cards mm-hmm. and he's playing primal might main. The reason that it, it does make sense that primal might would be a, a better main deck card. Now I can understand Ram through being a better card game one, um, in the mirror, I don't know, but I could, I could argue, I could see that argument. It also could be better against Nightpack ambushers flashing in and things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, we're we're getting stuck down this like very basic. Yeah. Let us know online what you think about that. But- <laughs> and I'll I'll say one last thing. I actually do think the one matchup where Primal Might is better is the mirror, just because the the one mana prey upon effect I think is very valuable when you just go you know Love Struck Beast one extra mana kill your opponents. Uh, creature, but I think Ramther is better in every other matchup. Except Control. Well, I think they're both bad against Control, but I think it's actually better against them because you can kill Nightpack Ambusher if they have it, or you can kill... You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, we're 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 caught up. Yeah, we're going in circles. But, All right. Yeah. So so um, the last thing I want to talk about is two really cool decks that I saw in some of the SSU standard challenges this week. The first one is Jeff Pika's. Four color team reclamation. Now this is uh, oh, yeah. literally what you think it is. I bet you could guess what it is. It is a version of team reclamation that just splashes to fairy main, and then the mm-hmm. sideboard has some interesting picks like devout decree, justice strike, solar blaze, Kenrith. Um, it's just saying I'm going to beat the mirrors. I don't know if this is necessary in this metagame because team reclamation numbers aren't the highest right now, and they they mm-hmm. seem to exist. But um, I do think that four color team reclamation. Um, loses a lot against uh, other matchups, but uh, who knows? Kenrith seems pretty sweet. Kenrith is unbelievable in the mirrors. Like you just think about it, how uh, how the hell do you think you're going to kill that card from a, a standard team of reclamation deck? You're not going to gust it. You're not going to um, deal four damage to it with Storm's Wrath. You know, I mean, the only thing is just a giant explosion or whatever, and you're dead anyways if those resolve. So. I mean, that can't be good in the mirror because you can't tap out in the mirror. Well, I mean, the Mark Jacobson crew played a Bant deck that main deck to Kenrith for the Teamer Reclamation deck, and, like, I got hosed by it, and well, that, I, I, that, I don't know. Yeah, but that's something different. Like, they're going to have, like, a bunch yeah. of Dovin's Vetoes, and they're going long in a bunch of different ways. I mean, I'm assuming that yeah. Kenrith is for, like, the aggressive matchups. Like, 
Is that uh, better than be. Tulsimir then? I mean... Uh, I have no idea. It probably is from this deck because this deck doesn't like do the same things like a Bant does. Also, you don't have as many like... Is uh, Tulsimir double white or double green? Double, double green. green. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, it could just be better if it's for aggro. Well, but it might be for like, uh, you know, like... I have no idea. I, I, this is more of like a meme. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know what it's there for. I would say that Tulsimir works better when your deck has more Teferis and Elspeth conquers death because then you're resetting it. Yeah, you're bringing mm. it back all over and over again. Yeah, yeah. and um, whereas a Kenrith does seem like the the life gain is the the selling point with Wilderness Reclamation, where like you can just like play this on a turn and gain twenty life against uh, a sacrifice deck, and they can't really interact yeah. with Kenrith. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Spectral Sailor is an interesting one. Is that is that a commonly played sideboard card? Spectral Sailor against like in the mirror or Bant has been popping up. Like especially against Bant, I think it's it's pretty effective. Like that's another card you just can't you can't really kill. You know, so it's just gonna sit there and eventually can gain you just an absurd amount of value. And it pesters planeswalkers. It does pester early planeswalkers. Um, it does get beat by Shark Typhoon, but like, so the weird mm. thing, Ryan. I know you haven't played much of the standard format since you've been off, you know, you know, making movies and stuff. Right. But, yeah. But a, um, lot, a lot of movies I've been making. Yeah. But, <laughs> but so, so one of the weird things about um, standard that I don't really have an answer for myself is that the best. The okay. So every Simic deck. You know whether it's Simic or it splashes and it plays a variation of a shard or a or whatever. Um, what's the other types? Um, any three color strategy. They all have these like disgustingly powerful cards that if they resolve, it's really tough to beat. Um, you know, teamer teamer reclamation has wilderness reclamation, and but if the, like if a Teferi resolves, it's bad for them, and and all of these things. So you have to play counter spells. But the best answer against these counter spells, and even Teferis, and and holding up counters, and getting action out of the turns that you hold up counters, is to play Shark Typhoon. So now you have this uncounterable cycler that creates this threat. So one of the best answers to that is Brazen Borrower. Uh, but it doesn't really have a lot of applications outside of just being another pesky threat that also beats beats uh, Shark Typhoon. And so Spectral Sailor fits into that mold, but there is no like real equation of how many of these cards you're supposed to play and when you're supposed to play them and how, what other cards you need because they all kind of just play out like, when you draw the right things at the right time. And so you can just sit back on a Spectral Sailor and draw some cards, but if they drew too many Shark Typhoons, they're just going to, you're you're in trouble. And, they're going to overpower you. Yeah. But if the deck that drew too many Shark Typhoons didn't draw enough counter spells, then you're going to resolve your team of Reclamations. And, and there's just this, like, back and forth of, like, kind of, like, I don't know, uh, whoever, whoever just drew a little bit better than the other player, but it's contextual based on what that player drew, sometimes has an advantage. Now there's a lot of skill involved as well, but there's just games where you have a good draw and you have good mana, but you drew rock to their to their paper. And because of all that bullshit, I play Mono Green. <laughs> where all I have to do is just play Questing Beast and hit attack all all day long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of attack all day long, Zach <laughs> Allen showed up with a Gruel aggro deck. Do you, do you want to stay oh, on that topic, uh, Ryan? Uh, my internet just cut out for about 30 seconds. Oh. 
Well, you're back and you sound great. Thank you. You would think with your, uh, you know, connections in the acting world that you would have the highest of uh, settings of stuff. But, you know, I don't judge. <laughs> yeah. <I think> so. <laughs> well, 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 just so you know, Ryan, I just answered your question and it was very good. Oh, it was it was pretty medium. It was pretty was medium, a actually. Great response to my question that I totally heard every yeah. word of it. Actually, I heard, yeah. most, I, I heard most of it. It was good. I I just uh, I just cut out the very end and then came back as I was being asked a question. So perfect. That's fair. Well, well honestly, I am shocked about this though, Brad. First of all, Zach Allen has been a control mage, you know, since since I've known him. We share our mutual love for uh, Azorius control and standard. To see him sleeving up a pelt collector is wild to me. Yeah, so this here's here's Zach Allen uh, forrowed uh, two days ago with Gruel Aggro, four pelt collector, four robber the witch, four bone crusher, four quest and beast, four Gruel spellbreaker, four stone quail serpent, three scavenger news, two scargon hellkite. Haven't heard that one in a while. Two yeah. shifting serotypes, three ember cleave, one primal might, twenty five lands. What a wild, wild strategy. I, I'm. Yeah. You know what this deck looks like? I mean, it, it, it looks exactly like Javier Dominguez's Mythic Championship winning list, you know, with a couple upgrades from the new set. Uh, but, you know, mana base still awful. Uh, <laughs> and you just got to kind of hope that you draw the right amount of combinations between forests and mountains. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what I, I think of this deck. Um, Embercleave is a very powerful card. Uh, there, there might be something to it because uh, one of the things that Bant does not like to play against is a lot of hasty creatures. Yep. Yeah, no, that's 100% true. I mean, that that is why Mono Green shows success. It just has a ton of it. I think this deck is pretty sweet. Yeah, I have no idea how it plays against other matchups at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet I bet it's got a good sacrifice matchup. I bet it's got a bad mono green matchup. And um, I bet it has a bad. Uh, uh, you think it has a a good sacrifice matchup? Yeah, I would bet a good sacrifice matchup, but a bad Rakdos sacrifice where they play four claims. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I mean, Stone Coil is a great magic card until you make a big one and and it comes back at you. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, this this seems pretty interesting, and Embercleave is a heck of a magic card. D- does this have a good sacrifice matchup? Because this is actually a deck that doesn't have a way to deal with uh, Corvold. Like Embercleave's uh, uh, very good there, but yeah, I would assume I would assume uh, BBD is correct there that Jun sacrifice and Rakdos sacrifice would destroy this. <laughs> well, then I have no idea what this is good against. Yeah. I, I think it probably I bet it has beats a decent Bant. Bant. I bet it beats Bant, and I bet it's fast enough to compete with Team Wreck. Yeah. I bet it, it honestly has a, a probably pretty good mono green matchup. You know, I mean, Embercleave going over the top for board stalls and stuff. It, it seems it seems good against that and just loses to anything with Claim the Firstborn would be my guess. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't know that. That it lo- I don't know that it loses to Sacrifice. You know, I'm just, this is, that's spitballing, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see it. Yeah, I actually have no clue, but I do know that Question Beast plus Ember, Ember Cleave can get a lot of jobs done. Yes, yes, yes yeah, absolutely. It <laughs> just, 16 basics, Questing Beast, Ember Cleave. <laughs> Time to roll the dice. Like. 
Yeah. I'm surprised we don't have any Vivians in there to really spice shit up a little bit. Oh yeah. All right. Well, that that brings well, us one one last thing, Brad. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested why we have Skarg and Hellkite instead of Terror of the Peaks. You know, I mean, Terror of the Peaks could be one hell of a card in this deck it's, as well. It's haste, and so you can break the. Yeah. You 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 need to be able to break the one for one. Uh, so against like, and stuff. yeah, against against Bant, if you're just playing haste threat at every turn, you're going to be accumulating a, a a damage source, and if if you mm -hmm. ever take off on that, then then Bant can like stabilize. So it's yeah. it's just always presenting something that's dealing damage. Yeah, I guess the only thing that Terror of the Peaks is kind of like haste is if you ECD it, you still take three. So it's no, it's you kind don't. Of like, oh, you don't. Terror of the is Peaks it only is, spell? it's only spell. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Oh, yep. Never also. Mind. Just, I, I, I mean, I haven't, I've never really like said this or thought about this, but it, it makes a lot of sense to me. But I think haste is is one of those things that just stacks really well with other haste creatures. Oh, where yeah. like, if you have one haste creature in your deck, your opponent can play around it. If you have two haste creatures, it becomes harder to play around. If every creature in your deck has haste, they all just like make each other better by having haste because yeah. The, like the, the the haste creatures often don't hit quite as hard as some of the other creatures because they lose some of that power and toughness in having haste. Unless but, it's 2019, then Questing Beast says, "Yeah, I mean, I don't care." Yeah, sure, but it's like, <laughs> but it's like some you know some of the power of those creatures. Like, look, Terror of the Peaks compared to Skarg and Hellkite. Terror of the Peaks is a more powerful card on stats and ability, minus mm -hmm. the haste part. Yeah. So it's like, you know that that haste reduces like one power out of the card and you know it's a little bit of reach out of the card and it's like you lose value out of that haste if that's your only haste creature but when yeah. everything has haste it's like oh i only got in a hit for three with cruel spellbreaker before they killed it and if the rest of your deck doesn't have that level of reach to it. That's kind of wasted. But if every card is providing that level of reach to it, then that three yeah. damage is like super, super relevant. So, so would you say that you were a little hasty when you uh, were in Green Lantern, or do you, did you take your time with that? Or because that think, one wasn't great. I think a lot of the conclusions I drew in Deadpool were hastily gathered. To my okay. own detriment, yeah. So okay, cool, cool. I, I was very curious. I've been wondering that my whole life. Is what were you thinking when you made that movie? But thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I say uh, I say we're getting close to the end here. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna say my my prediction is that um, Band continues to do well. I do think that Team Reclamation should not be ignored. Um, yeah. and, and especially from the band decks, any, any changes you make for band to fight against decks like mono green, the sacrifice decks or the mirrors are not good contextually against team reclamation. Yeah. Um, and I also want to see where these mono green decks go. I do think that they are very good, but to be fair, they are one dimensional. So they, they might be the kind of strategies that people are going to have to then, you know, start respecting again and we'll see if they can actually compete against the respect. Yeah. Yeah, it's a deck. Both of the Team Reg and Mono Green are decks that you can beat if you really, you know, try to. So it'll be an interesting weekend. I I would predict that Team of Reclamation wins this weekend with just people trying to answer so many different decks and just kind of, you know, not directing all the sideboard hate to all Team of Rec like we were doing like a month ago. I, I kind of feel like people are getting a little lazy on it and they're thinking Team of Reclamation's popularity is going down. And I, I think it's just going to have a great weekend, to be honest.
Yeah, and it could. So this weekend, there are a few big tournaments coming up on mtgmelee.com. We have the Red Bull Untapped Invitational Qualifier this uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, as well as the next SCG Online Championship Qualifier that will be starting Saturday morning. Um, I'm going to be be planning. I'll be trying to qualify for it. I have to make sure that I qualify for it. Uh, Uh, You got $100 at worst, right? Yeah, I will. will, (laughs) Well, I'm going to do my best to try to make sure that I qualify in the next three hours. Because uh, I'm going to be playing a challenge right after we're done here, but um, but yeah, th- these these tournaments also will be repeating the next weekend. Actually, the Red Bull Untapped International Qualifier Number Three is the following weekend, as well as the SCG Online Championship Qualifier Four and the Championship. The Online Championship will be happening in a week and a half. So if you are interested in playing in the SCG Tour uh, SCG Tour Online Series, head over to mtgmelee.com on the home. Homepage, you will see featured uh, organizers. Click on that SCG and take a look at all of their tournaments. Yeah, it's going to be fun. They've been a blast to play so far. I played against just three, you know, high level pros last weekend. Had a blast, got to stream it. You know, really, really fun events that I am honestly really sad that next week is the last that they have you know hopefully so far hopefully they come back with more yeah i'm hoping that that they keep running tournaments but until then uh we're going to have to just hope that they do and get to our cast and crew Let's do it. So first of all, thanks everybody uh, for being a member of the cast and crew. And we do have a brand new member of our cast and crew, and it's actually a doctor. It's Dr. Unks, and that is BBD's personal proctologist. BBD has got a lot of, I know Ryan, I know you don't know this BBD guy, but he's he's been on here a lot and he's got a lot of shit to say. And apparently he's got a lot of other shit other places, so... I'm going to need to see uh, documentation for Unks's, you know, medical license. Oh, no, 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 no. If you listen to the pre-show, Ryan, we talked about all Dr. Unks's, um, you know, accolades and accomplishments as a proctologist. So it spelled out all that. From the horse's ass, Dr. Dr. (laughs) Unks has said that he did not uh, or they did not go to medical school exactly. Uh, the practice is better defined as recreational proctology. <laughs> I, I, I think that this position is better unfilled. And in oh. fact, I would uh, I would say it's not very practical for us to have this role. So it is it, wow. is, it is not practical. Um, but I mean, we're not going to, you know, empty, empty the bowels yet. You know, Ryan, we're going to let Dr. Unks have a shot at BBD's anus. I'm having what you might call a bowel shaking earthquake of doubt and remorse. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan we invited you on this podcast to avoid all these bad puns. I'm the okay. only bad pun guy. Our other special guest, Brian, has a lot of them. We wanted a mix up. Didn't you read my email? I did not. Oh, uh, no, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. All right. I well, did, you're I did next here, Mr. Ryan. Read your email. <laughs> Ryan, take us away on the next uh, our next uh, cast and crew. Right, ne- ne- next is is Phil, just Phil. Uh, <laughs> he kind of reminds me of uh, Peter from Deadpool too. You know, he's just just Phil. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he is what we would call our Aspros. Sorry, their Aspros product podcast liaison. And mm. actually, it sounds like I should have been in contact with Phil because I actually got onto the wrong cast. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Phil's got some explaining to do. Good point. Yeah, Yeah. I don't really know. I still, uh, anytime someone is a liaison, I feel like it's just like a made up term. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. an excuse to pay someone when you don't know a real title for them, but they go around and they do stuff. Uh, yeah, you know? and in terms of a liaison, I'm just thinking, like, the the person from Office Space, where it's yes. like, it's like, you know, <laughs> I work with the engineers because they're not people, you know, they're, they're not a people person. It's like, oh, so you oh. actually physically do that? It's like, no, my secretary does. That's the liaison. <laughs> that's yes. secretary who does that work. Yes, yeah, that's what I. That's always what I think of when I think of a liaison. It's like. <laughs> so so next up we have a Sam Prudomi 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 Prudome maybe that would Prudome, be Sam Prudome who is the Bash Bros Podcast personal fitness trainer, hashtag MTG Fitness, hashtag MTG Fatness. Now, uh, in mm. the Bash Bros Podcast Discord, which you can become a part of uh, through our Patreon, uh, we did get this uh, this week's uh, physical regiment, which was putting on physical pants for 30 minutes. And uh, we all said, F that. Yeah, um, yeah. Putting on... I mean, I'm sure Ryan's MTG Fitness... Well, I guess it'd just be fitness, but I'm sure Ryan's fitness is uh, a hell of a lot better of a plan than ours, Brad, because he's like a chiseled god. Putting on pants at a time like this seems ridiculous. (laughs) I wear gym shorts so long that they start sticking to me, and that's when I realize I should go shower. Mm. That, sounds uh, that sounds completely unrelatable, Brad. I don't know what you're talking about. That is disgusting. Yeah, yeah Brad, are, disgusting are, and unrelatable in any way. <laughs> so you have to practice social distancing from your shorts after a while. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up on our cast and crew is Jer Majeldi, and this is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. That is right. We do have a regional manager. I think mm-hmm. they're overseas right now at our uh, our our waste facility. Uh, yeah. So we needed to get an assistant for that assistant. And I think it is just Gier. Yeah. We have yeah. a regional manager and that regional manager is not in the region at all. Yes. <laughs> They're off it's somewhere ma- else. They're, they're yeah. managing a region. Look, at this it's moment, not. Though. No, 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 no. You got that, you, Ryan. You you don't know. You don't understand what you're talking about. So you can either have a manager in regions or someone who manages regions. Okay. Mm. And, yeah, and this yeah. is this is our regional manager. But gotcha. not our region, you know, not, not our, the region where we do the podcast. It's not it's our regional region. manager. It's our regional manager. Yeah. And now, exactly. and, now yes, and the regional manager could change, change the, you know, their job description if they ever got something specific. Like, for example, if the if you have to manage an anus, that could be a proctologist. Mm. But we mm. already have one of those. So we do not. Yeah, need we do not need that, that position. Yes. That position is full, let me tell you. What position? I'll tell you one position that's never full, we can always use more of, and that is unpaid intern. Oh, yeah. Which currently we need a few is, more of those. Yeah. Currently, we have Keith Trojanowski as our unpaid intern. Could always use more, but Keith is uh, doing Keith, wonderful work. Wonderful work, Keith. Every day coming in, giving it your all. We would pay you, but we can't. Or yeah, we, uh, yeah, honestly, nothing but great things to say about Keith, who does uh, just the lion's share of the work. Actually, Keith yeah. does way more work than anyone else. We kind of just throw it all on him and he doesn't yeah. get paid for it. Uh, so just but don't but don't waste our time coming in trying to get a promotion or get a raise like that. That's that's just keep doing a bullshit. good job at what you're doing right yeah, now. When Keith. your internship's over, yeah. you know, that's good. We can work discuss ex- it. 
That's work yeah. experience that'll go on your resume. Think of all the exposure you're getting right now. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, we have an exposure portfolio <laughs> for you for your next raise. Yeah. Is, that like, is that like binders full of women? Is that the same thing? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So, okay. so next up is Michaela, uh, who is my personal barista. Now, Michaela does a lot of great work for us, but I will say that I did cheat and uh, I did drink a Starbucks today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Brad, when you have a personal barista, what kind of slap in the face is that? I know. Yeah. It's insulting. I apologize. I was weak. Jesus. Somebody needs to be fired, and it's not Michaela. That's no. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I think because of that... Because of that poor job right now, we need to take a little bit more money from Keith and actually have him pay in as a, a paid intern, but paying us. Yeah, yeah. Keith, it sounds like Keith messed up the coffee order. That comes out of his own paycheck. A negatively yeah. paid yeah. intern. Yeah. yeah. I think well, it would still be a paid intern, but it would be paying us. We'll want to dock that from that year income. Also, you you owe us $17 for your work uniform. Yeah. Uh, you, can say, yeah. you can mail the check or, uh, or pay us the next time you're in. And also on casual Fridays, uh, they were a little too casual. So I think we actually got to add a fee onto Keith's uh, next check as well for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Next up is EJ Wren. EJ Wren was someone who did get a demotion as well. It was Corey's down player because I like to get excited. Now it's just Corey's player. I feel you know, like that is, an, uh, is a promotion. I thought, yeah, I thought Corey's player is a promotion. That's a promotion for sure. That's depending yeah. how you look at it. You know, down Downplaying, downplaying me is a full-time job, but very rewarding because well, I, you're always doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. And there's you could look at it the wrong way, which you have chosen to do, or the right way, which we have chosen to do, which is that it's a promotion. So. Yeah. I never thought I'd live the day where Ryan Reynolds comes on my podcast <laughs> and insults me. What yeah. the fuck is going on Isn't here? Isn't that the reason to bring Ryan Reynolds on your podcast? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I, good I, point. I want Ryan to do me dirty. Yeah, well, your movie, your Green Lantern sucks. I'll I'll say it, okay? I I, I tiptoed around oh, he before, also but I'll just say it. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's been saying that for years. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up, we have Alex Arnoldi, our data analyst. Uh, mm. Alex has been analyzing the data, come to the conclusion that we unfortunately no longer have a position for Doctor Unks. <laughs> Sorry, oh. that will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BBD is very sensitive about his bunghole. I, I th- uh, well, Ryan is, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So next up is we've got Paul K. Sarowski. Uh, wow. I forgot to do the thing I was going to do. I'll do it next week. Okay, I just thought okay. of it in this moment. Someone remind I, me. I just thought of it in the moment too, and I, yeah. I wasn't prepared. Yeah. yeah. Some, and, some, and, someone and, remind uh, me. I'll call it right now. Brad will forget again next week. That's why someone has to remind me. Anyway, Paul is BBD's wall staring photographer, does great work. Um, even I, I just did some modeling for MTG Melee merch that we just uh, put up. And mm. a few people were like, has Brian ever thought about looking out a window instead of staring at a wall? And now, um, Ryan, I know you don't know Brian, but could you answer that for us? <laughs> So I believe the answer is that just look at the profile picture. You'll see staring out a window. So Mm, so it's been done done. before. It can be done again. Oh, we don't want to get repetitive here. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to overuse the same joke 
over and over and over yeah. again to the point right. where we lose all of our viewers and listeners. Uh, okay, Ryan, I agree with you, but hey, next member of the casting crew, you've you've went a little over on your time, okay? So next up is Spoon Tongue, and that is BBD's body hairstylist. That yeah, is, uh, Ryan, I know that you don't know Brian. But yeah. Brian is a hairy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it's man. like it's like to disgusting, <laughs> filthy degrees. Like, yeah. like when he Ryan, takes his shirt off, he grows in mass. It, yeah, it Ryan, holds just, the hair down. Just picture, just take your shirt off right now, Ryan. Look down at your chiseled abs, and then just picture the opposite as far as hair, and you would you would see what spoon tongue is doing. Just, just to picture the opposite. In terms of the chiseled abs as well. Oh, yeah. Just, just picture. Hey, don't be mean to Brian, Ryan. Yeah, just yeah. picture pasty skin, hair, blemishes. Picture somebody who's never seen the light. Yes. Uh, yeah, of um, Do you got a good visual? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the job Spoon Tongue does here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is the toughest job of anyone. Uh, someone doesn't have to do it. Glad that someone does do it. Uh, next up is David Watt, special grass screener, which, I mean, he did an okay job on this I, episode. He, did, but he, he knocked it out of the park. We got Ryan motherfucking Reynolds. It's with the first good job David's done. It's, yeah, a, it's the second the best. best guest that's ever been on the podcast. No, it's the best. Behind Alias V. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Behind <laughs> Alias V. Second best guest that's ever been on the podcast. So that, you know, that, uh, you know, give you second best. A lot of people always say, you know, if you're not first, you're last. But hey, second best is still really good. We applaud that kind of effort, David. So, I mean, uh, so fucking hairy. <laughs> <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> right, next up, we got wow. Victor Beauchamp, who is the executive producer. Now, you might wonder what needs to be produced, and that is about everything. <laughs> Love it. All right, our next one is Sultan Abbasi, and that is our heavy editor. We have a regular editor, but Sultan is in charge of the really grimy stuff. So, yeah, so, that, pre- so. that pre-show, that pre-show is going to need a little uh, a bossy magic. Oh, that's for Sultan, damn is, sure. Sultan is <laughs> responsible for editing uh, Ryan's currently uh, very sick voice into Ryan Reynolds' actual voice. Right. And yeah. if that doesn't yes. happen, we blame Sultan. Exactly. Of course. Yep. It's like a bear had sex with a shag carpet. Pierre Vendelbow, <laughs> BBP companion, but cannot be played from the sideboard. A, sha- a, a, a shag carpet or Brian's hairy motherfucking ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feel bad for, I, you know, I'm starting to feel bad for Dr. Ons, actually. Oh, yeah. No, we should feel very bad for him. <laughs> what was Pierre's changed role? We still have the same role. but oh, what, no, wasn't he? Pierre. No, I don't know. Pierre, send, send a message. Send a message, please, 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 to our Patreon um, account. And then if you did already, I apologize for missing it. I feel like he's done it like three. He does it like every week and then we just never change it. No, I'm looking at it. Maybe that's just the shtick. You know, he's just. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel like we need a little bit more management on the topic. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I'm here. I'm looking through here. I don't see anything message, so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I haven't seen anything. Well, you don't look for anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the yes, back, I'm on the back end doing the stuff. 
You mean like uh, our proctologist? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, so Pierre is currently the the BBP companion, but cannot be played from the sideboard. And Pierre took that role before the change to companions, and mm. so now now we're stuck here saying, oh, it's just a functioning companion now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Hey. Next That's up. the only functioning member we got from our cast and crew. So yeah. No, so kidding. Time Ghoul uh, is up next, and that is our manager. And uh, for the love of God, you need to start managing us harder. We are yes. off the chain. Yeah. No <laughs> on, kidding. On a, on a on an unrelated note, Kanye West is now running for president, and he can't be managed. He doesn't need a manager. Dude, that guy. That guy is just absurd. I don't even. I like. I don't even get it. Like he hasn't even signed for anything. He just wants to be a write in, and it's oh fuck. All, all I picture for the Kanye West thing is that he like runs for a little bit to get his small amount of people that would vote for him, and then last second he's like, "All right, I'm dropping out and I'm endorsing Trump." Peace. Every vote <laughs> that he gets is a vote for Trump. That that. Isn't well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of a waste, uh, Eric Nall is the next up, and that is the overseas waste processing facility. Eric Nall is by far the member of the cast and crew that has been climbing the ladder faster than anybody. And well, people, um, People like Keith are not getting raises or paid at all. Eric is just getting all of the raises. Yeah, like our comp- yeah. our Bash Bros podcast is going under, mm. and it you know like we we just our our operating costs are just way more than what we're raking in, and you know it's it, it's just like a normal business. It's like fifteen percent what we pay to our employees. Five percent operating cost, eighty percent overseas waste processing facility. <laughs> Somebody, please help us balance our budget. Like <laughs> we're, we're dying we here. New, we need a new member of the cast and crew that is in charge of finances. That's for damn sure. We need somebody who is an executive waste processing operator. We do That's have that, Ryan. Need. Oh, is it Symbol? <laughs> That is exactly how you pronounce that. Yes, Corey said it many, many months ago. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And we will never let it go. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, Ryan Reynolds. I hate you so much. Next up is IPA for Breakfast, who is the master bartender. Now, I have not been partaking into much alcohol, but I do believe that uh, IPA is doing a lot of good services for you, bro. Oh, yeah. Still drunk just about every day. So thanks again, IPA for breakfast. I have uh, been really getting into coconut IPAs. Sounds gross, but is delicious. Anyways, next up is Samuel Stroman. That is our public relations expert. And I feel after Ryan Reynolds sues us after this podcast, I feel like we're really going to need Samuel to start. Oh, yeah, up. Sam, you got lots of work to do. <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah, you exactly. have about as much work to do as Brian Brun doing his hair on his ass yeah no you have you have just as much to do you have just as much to do as spoon tongue has to do for his job that's for sure (laughs) which is which is what BBD's body hairstylist. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Let's break yeah, that shit. There's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that is our casting group. Thank you so much for your continued 
uh, support for the Smash Bros. Podcast as we venture on to doing some cool things. We are looking into shirts and other merchandise and things, and that should be coming in the very near future. Thank you so much, uh, again, everyone that supports the show. And if not, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you do on whatever platform that you listen to us. We appreciate everything. We'll be back next week with some more breakdowns of the tournaments that we played in, other things, and we might have another awesome special guest like Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, take it away. It's Heidi Klum next week. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, honestly, it sounds to me like you maybe should bring this uh, BBD character on to defend himself against countless baseless and unfounded attacks on his character that have been made over the course well, of this show with yeah. no basis in reality. Well, well, Ryan, Ryan, you haven't had a single good idea on this podcast so far. Why would we start listening to you about this BBD fella? So... Yeah, it's uh, not- no comment. No, 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 no comment. <laughs> My lawyers will be in touch. See you oh, later. Bye bye.